Hey there, Horribles, Jeremy here. What you're about to hear is the second episode of our Scary Movie Month coverage where we're talking about some of the original slasher films that started the genre. This one we're talking about Friday the 13th. You're going to hear, not my favorite, but it's a fun conversation and uh, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of interesting guests. As you may have noticed from last week, the format's a little different than what we usually do, but we wanted to have a, a big party to sit down and talk about these because kind of everybody knows what happens in them. So, you know, doing a plot recap didn't seem like the uh, the best way to go with these. So we brought in a bunch of folks to talk about it. It's a real fun time. Uh, I know you guys will enjoy it. Before we jump in, I did just want to say we really appreciate we've had several new uh, followers on Patreon, supporters on Patreon over the last few weeks. Uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, this podcast is, you know, finally actually paying for itself, which is nice, uh, and we would like to be able to do more. So if you love this podcast, if you want to join up, please go to patreon.com slash progressively horrified. For just $5 a month, you get access to our bonus podcast where we talk about the Fast and the Furious movies, and you get all the podcasts a week early. So you could be listening to the episode about Nightmare on Elm Street right now if you just pay $5 a month. So that's what we'll be talking about next week. Please check out the Patreon. We'd love to have you guys. And with no further ado, let's jump into Friday the 13th. When I went to go find it streaming to like rewatch it again, just to refresh my memory, I was looking on my, I used the search function on my TV and it's like, it's on Pluto TV for free. And I was like, great. And I turned it on and it started playing in Spanish. And I was like, is this the time? <laughs> I finally watched Friday the 13th. First day of Hispanic Heritage Month. Let's go. Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified. The show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. It's Scary Movie Month, so we're doing something a little bit different this month. We're revisiting the first movies of some of the classic slasher franchises, and we're bringing a whole party of our friends along to talk it out. Our next stop is the reason we're all afraid to go to summer camp, Friday the 13th. I am your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight I have a panel of cinephiles and cinebites. First, my co-host and comic book writer, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? You here, Sizzlin'? Because we got bacon up in here. I did not know Kevin Bacon was in this movie. Neither oh. does he. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, my plot person... twist in the whole film. Kevin Bacon's here. <laughs> it's like finding Jennifer long. Anderson and Leprechaun. Um, Next up, my frequent collaborator, comics artist and certified vampire aficionado, Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily? I'm uh, I'm doing okay. I do not need this movie to be afraid of summer camp, however. <laughs> Plenty of reasons out there. Being an awkward teenager, huh? Oh. <laughs> and like I said, we have a whole party of guests with us tonight. First up, you heard them last talking about the bisexual power that is the mummy, pop culture critic Alexis Sanchez, and comic book editor Desiree Rodriguez. Welcome back, guys. Hello, hello. Hey. This one is uh, not as gay, but, you know, it's still <laughs> still very horny because that's what slasher films are, apparently. Clearly, Alexis looks at different parts of the Internet than I do, because I have definitely seen some Freddy and Jason fan art. Just oh, no. 
<laughs> you can't you can't stop the shippers i'm just it is what it is what's up guys glad to be back thank you for having me I'm glad to have you too. Why does it gotta be Freddie V Jason? Why not Freddie W Jason? Right? Freddie X it. Jason. Jason X Freddie. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, We've created time. a new nightmare. I, I regret all my decisions. That's all the, the decisions that brought me here. Jason, Jason X Freddie, a new nightmare. More like a new, new nightmare. The state is gonna sue us. That's actually what the dream child is about. Um <laughs> 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 Next. Watch out, we're gonna get, we're gonna get sued by the Omegaverse lady. Fuck, <laughs> it's Lindsay Ellis all over again. <laughs> oh no. Uh, next, comic book artist and writer and my collaborator in the upcoming Dog Night series, fresh back from our discussion of bad hair. It's Bree Indigo. Bree, how are you? Howdy. I'm I'm great. I'm not funny, so I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> but it's great to be here, and it's good to see all your faces. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Like that was already funny. So... Saying you're not funny, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm putting a look in. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry, I'm skeptical. Those glasses are on point. Oh, thank you. The I sweater. Try. The sweater too, but you know, everyone yeah. said something about the sweater. I do. For all fashion. y'all uh, consuming this audio-based medium, uh, Bree's True. fashion game is on point. I'm in colors. <laughs> <laughs> and we have one new guest for this episode. Writer, comics editor, and good friend of mine, Kevin Kettner. How are you today, Kevin? I'm great. Finally getting yeah. a chance to legitimately have an excuse to talk about why I love the sixth Friday the 13th movie the best at some point, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. But hopefully we'll get there. We will definitely get there. A little bit about this movie before we start. It is directed by Sean S. Cunningham. It's written by Victor Miller and Ron Cruz. It stars... Betsy Palmer, Adrian King, Janine Taylor, uh, Robbie Morgan, and Kevin Bacon. <laughs> and oh, that's for what it's about. Uh, a group of camp counselors are stalked and murdered by an unknown assailant while trying to reopen a summer camp, which was the site of a child's drowning and a grisly double murder years before. Uh, as far as triggers, uh, there is definitely like some sexual harassment and assault. There's definitely explicit violence and murder. There's a little bit of racism in there. Uh, there's definitely animal death. Uh, anything else people should be looking out for here, guys? Again, it does take place at a summer camp, which is definitely traumatic for me, at least. <laughs> I mean, to be specific, like drowning, I guess. But that's still fear of death, I guess. Yeah. 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 So, also so. shitty cops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah cops who can't drive their motorcycles properly. Bro, that was so funny. Dude. I was like, he's really trying to look hard right now. <laughs> I was like, did he, oh my God, how embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're all coming into this, I think, at different levels of Friday the 13th fandom. Uh, For whom was this the first time watching Friday the 13th? This was my first time watching any Friday the 13th movie. Absolutely wild. I would say it's about the same for me. My mom might have showed it to me once, but I feel like she just kind of told me about it and then was like, my kid sucks, so I'm not going to watch it with her. And so I think this is my first time, but I had all the spoilers because of her. (laughs) Yeah, who knew, like, who hadn't watched it before, but knew the twist ending? Bam. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like that's such a, like, a cultural, like, reference point. Like, oh, the first one is Jason's spoiler alert, I guess. I don't know for this (laughs) 40-year-old film. Yeah, yeah, we're in spoiler town. (laughs) Which, again, isn't actually a good twist in the movie because there's no setup for it. She just comes out of nowhere. Absolutely. 
yeah, so I to think about it. I am convinced that Sean S. Cunningham did not know what the end of this movie was when they started filming it. Like, because uh, there's like no indication, there's no introduction of Jason or Mama Voorhees in the first whole 60 minutes of the movie. Like, there's no yeah. setup. Yeah, there's like the mention of the drowning. There's one, there's one line. There's one line before she comes in, and it's like the trucker saying, a kid drowned in 57, and those counselors were killed in 58. Like, that's it yeah and there's the writer part of my brain that's like oh you're gonna introduce a character in a third act cool 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 i'm not <laughs> losing my mind right now <laughs> I, I knew i was really skeptical i was really weirded out because like i i i don't know like it was weird like i was going through the process of putting together the spoilers in my head when i was watching this so when like you know in the beginning with the car i was like is jason driving and then i was like why is jason's shoe so good i was like is jason wearing like jewelry i was like i'm so confused okay that i (laughs) that i felt like could be jason because we just watched halloween and that's got michael myers making a road trip and then like putting on a ghost costume for shits and giggles (laughs) i don't know what it is but imagining them driving is so goofy (laughs) i love it i need like i talked about that last episode i still need the entire michael myers road trip to get back to his hometown it's (laughs) It's 150 miles. They established it in the movie. I want to see that whole ass road trip. And he has never been in a car before. Like, (laughs) he's been in the mental institution since he was a small child. He has never driven. Michael Myers jumps in the car, drives 150 miles to Haddonfield. I want to see Michael Myers fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Like, I want to see this shit happen. Was was he listening to the radio? What was he listening to? Did he check for traffic reports? I need to know. Oh my god, I kind of want to do a mini comic of that now. (laughs) (laughs) Someone write it for me, I'll draw it. It's uh, so, ironic that like the conversation instantly turned to Halloween since Friday the 13th was made because of Halloween's success. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's literally what I find, made two years after. Yeah. What I find really interesting is that within pop culture, I think Friday the 13th is more noticeable. Like I see yeah. more film references to Friday the 13th than I do necessarily to Halloween, even though Halloween is objectively like the better movie. Oh yeah. Than mm-hmm. Friday. Like, Friday kind of, and I think I read this from um, at, uh, Sheen S. Cunningham from like an interview when I was researching this beforehand, um, that they basically wanted to take like Halloween's formula and just strip it down to like the most basic parts. And it worked because there's been a ton of like Fridays that have all been relatively successful. I mean, there's a reason why there's a Jason versus Freddy and not like a Freddy versus Mike Myers you know right, yeah which i find I think, I, again oh, i just find very fascinating because halloween is undoubtedly like the better first movie mm-hmm. and it has a better remake yeah. I, I, I agree i, I think that jason is a look you know He's yes just a look. <laughs> i feel like whatever was like highbrow or restrained about halloween is just gone from Friday the 13th. It's like, our gore <laughs> is going to be gorier. Our sex is going to be sexier. Like, more kills. Like, bigger. It Honestly, this feels like a sequel, like an unofficial sequel to, like, Halloween. Like, whatever slasher tropes <laughs> Halloween didn't establish or only started to codify, Friday the 13th swooped in and, like, and finished the job. Yeah, and we, I mean, we talked a bit about how, like, this is maybe more like the first Halloween, because as the Halloweens go on, uh, they tie him more to Laurie, and, like, 
that's not in the first one like Lori is the final girl from the first one but like they don't talk about her being his sister and there ends up being this whole like family tie thing that kind of for a while drags the movies down and then ends up like with with the more recent ones making you know some some interesting points but Jason is is to some extent tied to a place and then then he just starts taking Manhattan and space and things like that. And that that's <laughs> weird. And then Berlin. <laughs> Jason right. in Manhattan was fantastic. Like that was hilarious. Well, that's because it's an even numbered Friday the Thirteenth movie. Like Star Trek movies, the even number ones are generally okay. better. I'm gonna ask for a little spoilers. Does at any point Jason dance with the Rockettes? Oh no! no. There's no Rockettes scene, and Jason takes man. He does not have rhythm. You can tell he does not have rhythm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because they didn't actually film it in Manhattan. They filmed it in Vancouver. And he also, <laughs> oh, no. He also doesn't get to Manhattan until about 15 minutes before the end. Okay, yeah. so this yeah. is obviously the He's movie on a boat. Yeah. that needs to be remade. No more origin stories. Remake horror monsters taking Manhattan movies. <laughs> well, that's it's, it's, it's great because it's like, who really took Manhattan? Was it Jason or was it the Muppets? And I say it was the Muppets. <laughs> I say you smash them both together. Right. So Jason is the only human. Everyone else is a Muppet. Y'all are say, giving way like Muppet Treasure Island with... right now. That's what Muppets, right now. The Muppets took Manhattan. Manhattan Straight took Archie Jason. Versus Predator, and I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's did you say Jason versus Predator? Uh, Archie oh. versus Predator. Oh, Archie that, versus Predator. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. also in for Jason versus Jason Predator. Versus Predator. Uh, that would be fun. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, Jason's already been to space. So right. he's only one yeah. step away but from being in an alien movie. Predator would like wash Jason. Like, the, like J- what, I mean, what's, your time, what's your timeline? What's your timeline? Like, though? would he see him on the. Um, I feel like Jason, I feel like you got to just really up that slasher mm-hmm. immortality. Well, that's what I'm gonna say. Like, yeah, sure. Two lightning bolts. Sure, the pre- <laughs> sure, a predator would immediately destroy Jason Voorhees, but he'd yeah. just keep coming back until he got bored. Yeah, you know? yeah. that you got it again. Like the first Alien, if Jason, that's gotta go out the airlock. That's the only yeah. way you're getting rid of him in space. Jason does the Hulk Hogan number. He starts pumping his fist and you know, getting, <laughs> getting excited well, again. He doesn't. That's he doesn't the thing stay I find down. interesting about the Friday movies is that they became more humorous and less scary as they went on like they definitely did yeah like freddy versus jason is just it's just dumb and and purposely bad almost it it starts to take on its own camp life the the friday yeah. movie yeah yeah um, I like, yeah that's like the nightmare on elm street influence can't help because that's the franchise that went like okay i it's know that slasher, funny movie yeah i know the slasher <laughs> village is supposed to be silent and scary but what if instead he was just like Don Rickles as a serial killer. <laughs> what if yeah. he was Don yeah. Rickles, I mean, but just loved wait, to say the word he... bitch all the time? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just loves that word. Like the first Friday's not scary. Maybe it was at the time, but like I was just cackling, laughing the whole time because, and like, I, I don't know if we're going to get into like uh, tearing apart like the symbolism and stuff like that, but I was just like, they really are ignoring every warning and when the killer comes, they don't even know what happened to themselves. No and, one even knows and, someone died until no. like an hour in. Everyone's just like, where's everyone? Who knows? They're like, that's Halloween. actually the same as Halloween. Like Halloween, nobody yeah. knows anybody's died. Yeah, but that's two, 
yeah, but that's two people, and they really establish like location and like Michael Myers is actually being kind of stealth. This is just like eight people, like just fucking getting this killed like left your- and right, and no one's noticing anything. What's interesting from about the movie is that like my wife brought it up is that like you're watching it through the killer's perspective half the time and <laughs> at that point it feels like the easiest video game ever you just <laughs> wait until they're alone and then ah uh, has anyone him. played the Friday the 13th on Super Nintendo yeah. no. that was one of my has anybody played got the me new into Friday, Friday yeah. the 13th. has anybody I, played the new Friday the 13th game yeah no, I have it on Switch but like yes. the, the, yeah didn't they like take down the servers though so you can't like play against other people or they're planning to at some point I, I try that because that original game throwing the little like steak knives at people and you have yeah. to like go into the different rooms and kill all the like it was that's uh, that I'm was too game. chicken I can't <laughs> play that game I'll cry but the game is more scary <laughs> <laughs> at a certain point i feel like the pov started like creepy and atmospheric and then as it kept going like jeremy to your point i'm like did they know how they were going to do this so they just did the pov yeah. so any ending would work you know I mean, yeah i, I does I, anyone I, know if that's, that's you know, the case. Also, unfortunately the i I've I've read a bunch of interviews where the writer swears he wanted to make a movie about a really good mother, and I'm like, I don't know that you did that, but this is this so, is straight up reverse Norman Bates. Yeah, right, exactly. Because right. I'm feeling like I get it. If you're upset at the people that were responsible for your kid's death, you know, take your revenge, whatever. I'm not even gonna. I'm not. I'm gonna look the other way. <laughs> but come on, like you coming up in here every year and just killing anybody that reminds you of it. I'm like, I think you're petty. I think you need to go take a nap. Well, yeah. I mean, she uh, she was a force to be reckoned with. She definitely had a lot of upper body strength. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, she it's, she it's really mounted a lot of crime scenes very interestingly for for like an older lady. She, she must have yeah, had a lot of power. That's impressive. Well, I feel again like you have the fifties, and then she waits like until someone else tries to reopen it. And I guess to that town's credit, imagine just the 20 years where no killings are going on, but they still got to listen to, oi, and if this isn't the movie stance on mental health, mental issues right then and there, crazy Ralph just insists on camp blood. Like, oof. I feel like the first few years they'd get it, but by year 16, they're like, oh my God, we get it, Ralph. They the murders fucking yeah. move on. We're trying to watch the game, Ralph. Didn't this Voorhees go through like a 20-year training montage, like getting yeah. buff enough to just throw <laughs> to throw Kevin Bacon's body around? Like well, she's been killing people since 1958. So yeah, she's been probably killed two people in 1958. She's probably out there like killing bears or some shit. Wherever like, teenage, wherever teenagers and yet she are never sex. found Jason in the woods. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, that's a whole other issue. Yeah. Yeah, at the bottom of the lake like I, mean, yeah. I know it's not the case and I know it doesn't fit, but <laughs> god damn if like weird, creepy, decayed child Jason fucking coming out of that lake. That like of all the movies we've watched, that is like one of the most effective like jump scares. I was like Yeah, that was my favorite th- part too. That's like I forgot three about jump that. scares with like the yeah. camera jump scare and descent like that yeah. level yeah yeah except and then they added the extra bit at the end that did not need to be there and no, i know i was like no, 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 no. <laughs> boat boat capsizes cut to credits yeah that been yes really good. but Power you know they had to set up that sequel back. in her 
staring yeah. into the camera and being all like, Which, the boy. So it's interesting. You know, it's, it's interesting though, because like we have a final girl in that first Friday movie, but she's not well known, like in yeah. the Lori sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like she became a final girl in that she's a like a capital F capital G final girl. But I, I think that to go to, back to your point earlier that you mentioned, Jeremy, about how Michael Myers and Lori have become really intertwined in like as the franchise of Halloween went on. That's not the same for like Jason and Friday the 13th. They've had yeah. multiple final girls. One final girl had like telekinetic powers at one point. It was right. ridiculous. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 She, she was just psychic. Um <laughs> You know, but there's never been like I would even say the final girl in in Nightmare on Elm, um, who's oh way more effective, yeah, yeah, way more effective. Like it is interesting because Friday now isn't scary. Like when I watched it, I I didn't find it scary either. Um, so but I imagine in 1980, since the only other things people had were like Texas Chainsaw, which I also didn't find scary. That was a very, very long movie with very little happening <laughs> that I found very boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you had Last House on the Left. Black Christmas was technically the first slasher, but it was a Canadian film. I doubt many people saw it uh, when it first came out. Um, yeah. And then you had Halloween. Slasher. It doesn't know what it is yet. Yeah. And then you had Friday. And I think the thing that made Friday stand out against all those others was that it was a woman killer at the end. It was a it was a oh, female oh, killer. White lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, really... like at the, when the end came in and I saw that, I was just like, you wanna die. You you knock this lady down, break a hip. Come on, let's go. <laughs> I, it's, it's the first time I found a cable knit sweater scary. <laughs> not the last though. she the is last. very creepy though, when she's like doing the like voice and is like talking to herself, like. She does give off that like creepy vibe, which is why well, when she showed up in the she car, she is working so like, much harder than anybody else in this movie. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. in an entirely different movie. They I really just brought interest- her in for the last like 15 minutes or whatever. She's like, in a Hitchcock she, movie, she yeah. like, carried it, man. Oh, yeah, she has a level of energy that no one in this movie is coming anywhere close to. Absolutely, Annie. She yeah. was almost there. Honestly, like I know Annie was like the <laughs> red herring plot twist, like, yeah, first death, but I'm kind of like, mm. I, I honestly spent the whole movie kind of going like, wish Annie had actually been the final girl. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. I think what's interesting about like her being the uh the killer at the end is that like maybe like at the time it was surprising because you're like, oh, that's who I would least expect. But like in the climate that we've gotten with like Karen's, I'm sorry, but it was such a believable bad guy. I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. yeah, makes I, sense. Yep. I, Crazy I ass was white lady. Oh, yeah. As, <laughs> as I was watching it again this time, I was like, is she the proto Karen? Like, is this <laughs> like it all started? Like, She's got oh this Barbara Bush energy. I need this to kill your manager. Karen. I mean, speak to your manager. Right. Who's all the I manager of this camp? I would like yeah. to kill him. But yeah, Alice, all I feel like I really know about Alice as a character is that she is in a very power imbalanced relationship that I do not like with her. Um, and she very rightfully does not want to be at this camp. Mm-hmm. I guess that, you know, she's I guess that artist. saying it out loud, that's what makes her deserving of being the final girl is that she's the one that wants to get the fuck away from a summer camp. She's yeah, the one that decides weird. to take a nap in the main room instead of going to a cabin. That's the only reason she's the final girl. She's like, mm-hmm. stay yeah. where people are. Not to be in the place where the killer was. That's it. <laughs> That's all she had to do was just not be there. Not go off by herself. Just stay yeah. by herself, which is like, I guess the uh, 
the the bottom line for when you get lost in the woods <laughs> is that you just stay somewhere as opposed to wander off to the bathrooms yeah. or some shit can we talk about the scene where she uh spin i mean i don't know if this is a part of the um the extended or the uncut version because it was it was hilarious but like when she's first hiding from the killer and she just spends like what felt like 10 minutes blockading the door yeah oh yeah i think like, that's extended yeah. well that's like <laughs> oh my god also, she like I'm she's like doing this and this like yeah. so many chairs and also doing nothing to block the windows thank you yeah, yeah. yeah. she spends a lot of time by the window there. she does a lot of she time Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, no. She used a lot of time using her her rope skills to like make sure that door's not gonna open. And that's actually like that's the, the like that's around the moment where we were talking about like pacing earlier. And it's like mm-hmm. I've seen this movie a bunch of times, and I always like walk away going like, man, you know what? That I kind of that's just I don't really love this movie because it's kind of boring. And then I was watching it this time, and I'm like, watch first. I'm like, hey, this is chugging along. And then that stuff starts to happen. And I was like, oh, I want to look at my phone so bad. Just right. let me look at my phone. Like it just like right at the moment where it's supposed to be ramping it up, it just like comes to a grinding halt, and it's mm-hmm. just like, man, this is brutal. Yeah. yeah well, there wasn't. There was no, nothing like we've said. There was nothing about the mom. There was no suggestion that Jason. I don't think Jason was even named. You know, the mom, the killer shows up, gives their own bit of uh, um, exposition. And immediately acts crazy, like you know, for maybe a minute. We're like, is she sus? And like, it's not even she's not like she she's just anybody. Like, she shows up in the same jeep as what's his nuts, um, Steve. What's his face? Steve Christie. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) mustache. Steve Christie, who is. Who, again, mm-hmm. this camp is supposed to be opening and receiving campers in two weeks. You're still building the cabins. Yeah. Uh, well, that's this camp is not ready. That's because Steve is clearly a rich kid who yeah. has failed at everything else and then finally convinced his parents to buy a camp for him. For and 25 then, like, grand. Yeah, has like yeah. done absolutely nothing. So as soon as everyone shows up, he's like yelling at them to get work done. And you know what he does? He fucks off. He leaves right away. He's like, yeah. I'm going to get supplies and doesn't even get them back. Like, that's what's so great about We see like, his truck. There are no supplies in I, there. He's like, oh, I'm going to go to the diner. Like, like this <laughs> dude scene where the, it goes to the <laughs> diner and he shows up. I was like, oh, yeah. This guy's in the movie. I thought he was dead already. Steve, the summer hasn't even started yet. Already sleeping with his employees. I think his dad is John Hammond. (laughs) He's like, okay, I want to. His dad's like, now I'll spare no expense. You go over there and start your own thing. I'm going to buy a whole ass Costa Rica island. (laughs) He spent $25,000 refurbishing this camp. Where? Where did that money go? There didn't used to be oh, a yeah. lake there, actually. They filled in the land. <laughs> um, I was going to mention before. how everyone was talking about how, like, you know, the killer, the identity, the, the plot just kind of popped out of nowhere in the end, and it just started picking up right at the end. But, like, I feel like, I mean, maybe I'm giving too much credit, but, like, maybe that's kind of meant to be because it's, like, the uh, the campers have been warned from the beginning to be aware of the things that are spooky mugooky and they just turn a blind eye the whole time like completely proving the killer's point um and so when she shows up it's kind of like i mean you, you kind of are proving that like you're the kind of people that she has 
the right to be upset about or upset at and like the whole time we're seeing like we're witnessing the uh the teenagers like all I got especially in the scene with the snake was just like they're just morons like they, they actually like looked like uh like their body language was like cavemen like attacking something <laughs> they don't understand and screaming and tumbling over one another yeah and just like, oh my god you want to die in the whole movie they truly want to die (laughs) there might be an argument that this is the story of mama Voorhees heroically saving like preventing children from great harm at the hands of these recklessly horny camp counselors you know and i think that's it though because that's her whole point her whole point is she's she's punishing them for not paying attention to her son who was a victim to and, and died and so i mean I guess that might be where the writer had come from, where it's just, I want to write about a good mom. Cause, but you know, she might have, she might have gone a little bit too far, but I think it says more about the the writer. I want this. I need the sliding (laughs) doors version of this movie where like (laughs) they stop her before she kills anybody. And then camp opens and like, these fucking counselors get eight kids like eaten by wolves or something. Yeah. And it's just the cop going like, ah, if only we'd let her kill all these camp counselors when we had the chance. I mean, I'm not a piranha. I'm definitely not saying like that's what should happen. You don't kill people, but I'm saying like with the narrative, I I think that's kind of where it's going. Like she thinks that she's being heroic, you know? I would say out of all the Friday movies, this is the only one with like some semblance of a plot. Like, yeah. And, like she has a motivation, like Jason's motivations in the other movies. Like, I mean, he was just in space killing people. Like, yeah, he was like, just getting I mean, he didn't want death, to be right? in space. He didn't. Technically. He was for. I mean, I too would be upset if I woke up one day and was in space. You know, Lex is like, wait, yeah. I need to defend Jason for a second. Yeah, you know, space murder, teams. maybe. If I'm ever in space, I'm gonna be very upset about it. I've seen I mean, gravity. I want nothing to do with space. Look at 2001 Space Odyssey. That movie is called is is about space madness. I think it sounds pretty Fuck, fun. And I could end up falling into a black hole and then I'm in a magic library powered by love. What sounds then? That sounds it. rad, honestly. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm just down. you I think so, but uh, Interstellar yeah. is a uh, tough watch. Uh, <laughs> Oh, no, I don't. I don't do Nolan films anymore uh, for my for my own mental health. Um, <laughs> I only watch them on on small uh, phones if I can, just to make him mad. <laughs> just to make him mad. Yeah, I um, and David Lynch. Yeah, <laughs> they can deal. Um, I don't. I don't abide by that pretentiousness. Um, as I say, like liking Jason X and Friday Third Thirteenth movies. Um, I mean that. Yeah, like the first one, it has a semblance of a plot, like the mom comes out of nowhere, but she does have a motive that's interesting at the very least. Like, I'll give her that. Like, and then the rest of the Jason, the Friday's films, like Jason comes back suddenly. He doesn't even get his hockey mask till movie three. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah, the first the first one that you could really identify, like if you were to tell people the fourth one was the first one, they would easily believe you. mm -hmm. I really like. Like I really like the mom as the villain and she's so much fun and has so much energy in the movie. Totally picks up. I just feel it's weird that people have sold it like as like it's a twist. I'm like, it's only a twist if you've already seen the sequels and assume it's Jason. It's about it's about as good as a twist as like Hans being the bad guy in Frozen. Where you're just like, 
Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. it's like yeah. Die hard for a minute there. I wonder, <laughs> right? So much of a twist. I, like, I wonder if this weird, creepy woman who just showed up out of nowhere an hour ten into the movie might be might be a little suspect. There, there needs to be. I'm sure there is a word already, like a, like a literary word for this, but there definitely needs to be a word for like a plot twist where it's tricking the audience and not really like an actual plot twist, like. Cause like, yeah, Hans and Frozen is a great example, ironically enough. Um, Cause you didn't, ex- like, it was unexpected, but it was unexpected cause nothing led to it. And there's yeah. nothing really to lead your, like, your thoughts yeah. to this random old lady that walked in. Especially except, you know, when she shows up the moment the twist <laughs> happens. They're like, well, I can't, it can't be a twist if I don't know who she is. Who it is? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. less of a, a <clears throat> twist and more of just like a bend. I don't know. The whole movie, I was sure it wasn't going to be an old woman that showed up 15 minutes from the end. Then it was, and I was like, whoa. It's, it's a sharp turn. Like, it's not really a twist in the road so much as just like, we were on this road and now the GPS has just taken us all the way over here and now we're in Canada. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're just kind of like, yeah, sure. I like Canada. Like, For it someone could be cool here. wasn't planning on killing these teenagers, it's really fucking weird that Ralph like followed them to the camp and then snuck inside <laughs> a dresser, right? I mean, he was in the pantry but... and just waiting, I guess, for them to open the door. Right, that yeah. was a bit weird. It's like just knock on the door and say hi. Um, I thought I said y'all should uh, get the heck out of here. Because like I I'm guess the idea is that he's the killer, right? Like that's Which, like the if big, if that were the case, that would be work. the worst. Like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. Like, at no point did I think anyone ever believe that Ralph was the killer. Uh, Even though not. I feel like that would be effective because he's the whole time he's like, "Don't go there, don't go there. It's camp blood, it's murders." And then he's like. I told you now I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I mean, I I kind of and that's that. the hard part about coming into this for me was like, I know the rest of the lore. So acting as if it's trying to scrub that and then seeing it from the perspective of someone who's seeing this for the first time, then I, I guess it would be pretty believable that he would be a good red herring. Like he's on the screen a lot more than mama. Um, mm-hmm. And he seems to have the motivation, but like not even the motivation. He just like, I feel like they would be playing off the fact that he's um mentally ill or whatever they were going for that like that would be his motivation for killing all these kids like because he didn't seem to have any reason to i didn't think he was the killer because it's like he already could have done it he easily snuck through like around all of them he was invisible (laughs) he could have already killed them by the time they find him in the pantry if that's what he was trying to do maybe he was gonna do it and he was like oh you found me guess i'm out (laughs) (laughs) well i feel like he was a he was intended as a red herring i also think that steve christie was intended as a red herring mm-hmm. um i don't know if if i if i i mean the mom being the the killer is certainly not the worst twist that could have happened or the worst like decision i should say but how do we feel about the mom being like the killer being this woman and how do how do we feel about that i'm really interested to hear what people's thoughts are about you know this sense yeah but like but she'd be so easily bodied I don't get it like if anyone put one ounce of like this the thing is like if they truly paid attention to any signs or any warnings or or just like had a sense of like this is a little too creepy I'm not about to spend my summer here when people acting like this they could have prepared and been aware and straight bodied her I don't get it but like when you're left left with the last girl who doesn't even want to breathe on her I'm like well you're gonna die like <laughs> defend yourself I I feel like it might have been weak and weird if it had been 
like a performer acting at the level of like the rest of the cast. But I feel like this movie is already not about plot or logic. It's just about like blood and sex and cheap thrills that when they do introduce her and she's immediately just cranking the energy of the movie to another level. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't care about logic. I just know that this is like wild and I'm having a much better time watching the movie when she's on screen. I agree. When you're watching Friday the movies, you can't care about logic. Like they're not logical. Logic is out the window. Like the fact that they keep kind of almost seeing her and nobody's ever like, is that an old woman in a cable knit sweater? Like, like, oh, that's another camper. They're like, is that a wandering old woman standing over there? They just kind of go, huh? That's weird. Anyway, back to slapping butts. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think for me, when I think of like the twist, like it's not formative now in like our day-to-day pop culture but i imagine in 1980 like 1981 when this movie was released and the only other slasher s films that were out at the time were all male killers and thinking about like the culture you know she looks like a little old lady that like baked cookies like mm-hmm. you know, just your you know little old grandma white lady like i imagine for people watching then this would have been like very shocking so in that sense like I kind of get where they went with her because if you're going through that mindset, I mean, even horror movies nowadays, they don't have like a lot of slasher films don't have like a female killer. Um, when I think of female killers, like you get like your basic instincts where they're like sexy ladies, not like, you know, grandmas. Like, so she's the ma uncle red tornado of slasher <laughs> villains. <laughs> yeah, I think the only one, the one that recently is like mama. Is that it with, um, I haven't you know seen, hered- I I haven't seen hereditary because yeah. it seems really scary. It's, oh, ouch. It, yeah. it hurted. But like, yeah, with mama, like people were like, kind of like, oh, middle-aged black woman hanging out with teenagers and she just kill them. Oh, oh, that's, that's kind of something. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, like, it's I feel definitely like, like an angle. I feel like if you watch Octavia Spencer's guest episode in 30 Rock, you should already know not to fuck with her and everything. <laughs> I, mean, I, know, I didn't watch 30 Rock. I don't um, watch cheap television as much as Alexis gets on me to do so. Um, <laughs> currently, I just want to watch yes. Yu-Gi-Oh! and Yu Yu show for the 15th time. Oh my um, God, Dark Tournament arc. <laughs> best 2000's art. episodes of One Piece. <laughs> No, look, look. just airing I everything out. Should have had you on for Hellraiser. Yu Yu Hakusho talked a lot about Yu Gi Oh. I love Yu Yu Hakusho because it is the one where, like, character development literally translates to power. You are as yeah. strong as you are emotionally mature. Yes, like that. Um, but no, I think the way that like the twist could have been a twist, like within the movie is if they had like introduced like if the truck driver or Ralph had been like if we'd gotten introduced to like the lore or the urban legend of Jason like if we were got like if we learned about him earlier in the movie and we were operating in this even in this first movie with the sense like oh it's an urban legend stalking us wait no it's actually just his mom who's been like doing it all these years I agree with you. I think that if any of the characters are actually in, like interested in being a part of the story, then it would have been way better. Yeah. But absolutely every camper was more interested in one another's butts. And I think that's the point. I think that's the reason. Like it might have been like a weird way, like when you're writing it, you're just like, I hope people get it. But I feel like that kind of is the point. It's like they're so 
uninterested in being a part of the story. They're just interested in being with each other. And that's the killer's point. She's like, you guys literally don't care about anything but each other. And that's why my son died. All this movie needed to, to, for the counselors to succeed as one asexual counselor. And they would have been fine. (laughs) There you go. I mean, Alice. Yeah. Every adventure Alice group, is just honestly, too sleepy. An, every <laughs> every adventuring group needs an asexual to keep everyone out of like horny jail. Yes. Yeah. But also, <laughs> like, all I can think about with that, like, the just the horniness level is just like the hand coming up from under the bed and stabbing Kevin Bacon. But also, she's already killed someone in there. So while they're having sex for those what three minutes, she's under, under there the just waiting, yeah. just like okay. Okay. She's, yeah, okay. she's like, there we go. This is exactly why I'm here. Ooh. Yeah. But like, that's that's like sort of the interesting thing, though, is that like she is that like her whole thing is like you're off having sex and my while my boy died. I'm gonna watch. But, then, but the first, like, she kills that weird incel dude first, and he's definitely not having sex. So he like, yeah, but he, but was he was horny and weird. Yeah, he was. So. I mean, yeah, yeah. But like, but I mean, it's not like he was. Yeah, I, I get it. It was just like there's weird. I feel like like. I feel like this movie gets way more horniness credit than it actually deserves to a certain degree. I think there's like way more hornier movies because like, okay, yeah, okay, wait. I I saw some facial reactions and I agree. Yes, everybody's too horny. (laughs) However, the movie itself, there's only like, there's only like two instances of people actually having sex in the movie. So it's not like every other scene. And that's where I kind of feel like her whole like thing kind of like, I can't even give her credit for having like a valid, re- like, you know, no, she's valid. not valid no, at I know, all. Like, she's totally off yeah. the deep end, but it's valid to her. Right. I don't but care she, if teenagers have sex. I just don't want to watch it. Like, what the heck? <laughs> right. She, has... she breaks her own logic, which is like a really interesting I feel thing. Like... I don't think, I don't think a character needs to have sex to be horny. No, no, no. I, like, I, yeah. gr- granted, I, that's, I, I phrased that incorrectly. No, we got it. You're cool. No, I got it. But I, I'm just, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Mm-hmm. The, the weird thing to me just... about this movie is is how little it commits to anything. Like, mm-hmm. that they set up so <laughs> many, like, scary premises to things and deliver with the way people are already dead, but nobody actually, like, gets killed in horribly gory fashion on screen. Like, they set up the whole archery range thing. And then we see that somebody has been shot with arrows. That made me no, so like, mad. There's nobody stalking and getting shot with arrows. Um, I was so mad we didn't actually get like an arrow death scene <laughs> when it was telegraphed yeah. so fucking hard. Even well, if you don't get the actual death, how do you not have her like stuck to the target full of right. arrows? I mean, and the, like, same, uh, the same is true with the sex scenes because like it's like, all right, and now it's time for sex. And there is a little bit of nudity. All right, sex there is was over. There's not going to be any so. more sex. Yeah. We're going to play strip and we're going to get down to our bras. This felt, I will say, the sex scene did feel weirdly equal for a slasher movie, if only because it's like, we got young Kevin Bacon and he's hot as shit. <laughs> yeah, and he was the least <laughs> shitty dude. I mean, he wasn't great, but I mean, he was definitely, definitively the least shitty. I, I, I don't remember same... any of them. I had they the were same... all shitty. <laughs> I had the same thought while watching it where it's like his character's almost there. Like normally he'd be like 
the crappy jock dude. Yeah. Like, he's just like, all right, let's remove this tree stump. This is my what girlfriend. A, Hello. What a like, rainbow. He's not a misogynist. I know. Right? <laughs> right. If they had put him in a crop top, I'd definitely be more like into Kevin Bacon, but I just don't find him attractive. So I was like, yeah. oh, this is the hot guy of the film. Okay. Fine. Yeah, I think back. the guy that killed, got killed first, I was like, he's the cutie. Kevin Bacon can go kick rocks. Uh. Yeah. What, Ned? But- no. Is he the one who just shows up in casual like racism? No, yeah. maybe so the, I don't know, but he's like I'm that's still a weird talking scene. about his personality. I'm obviously don't give a crap about any of the person. I'm just saying sure. the one that just shows either. up randomly in full on super racist Native American dress because that was real the, weird. Oh, that guy, yeah, he is, was kind of awful. Is he with the, the one cop that, car like, scene? Was like, hey, can I help you? And then follows the killer into the cabin is that him like he got murked right there he was just and then he was the one on the bunk bed when they yeah were oh yeah that's that yes. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So he was visually cute turd okay. Kevin Bacon, Obvious. but i don't yeah. give a crap about him <laughs> he did have a more interesting face than kevin bacon i mean i yeah. I like kevin bacon just fine but you know i i'm more interested in people with distinctive features i, mean, I think it's because we're artists well, one thing, one thing I do find interesting is we've, we've talked about the mom and such, and we've talked about how Friday the 13th has definitely had a, a stranglehold on horror pop culture, especially. Like, there's so many movies that are just, just inspired by the camp setting, the slasherness of it all, like, and those are definitely takes from Friday, but hmm. it didn't inspire more, like, female killers in the slasher genre. Like, the films didn't really take off until after that first one. And then Jason took the mantle as like the slasher of the franchise. But mm. all the other stuff did inspire, you know, all the imitators and all the tropes and stuff and solidified all those tropes. So I find that interesting that like the one thing that I would credit the first movie for having like the old white lady killer mm. didn't actually become a trope at all in mm. horror movies mm. that followed. But I yeah, feel like the- it's kind of the thing you have to respect the first one, but then you're kind of like, but I wouldn't want, I wouldn't choose that one as my favorite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that first one. Um, I don't know, just in kind of the movie's spirit of like Halloween, but subtext is for cowards. If, <laughs> you know, we talk about Halloween, like the teenagers having sex, like there that wasn't a thematic element. That was just the being like, well, what would teenagers be doing in this situation? Hey. What's a way that they would be distracted? Like, oh, that would be a fun setting. Whereas now this movie is in gigantic glowing neon lights going like sex equals death mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and and that's one thing that i was thinking about in regards to the mom because she is she is casting judgment so you know what is the saying about about the morality about her morality about applying that cause and effect you know that situation because we're seeing sex equals death because it's a crazy woman so, you know, how do we feel about that? How, you know, where does that morality land in Kevin the actually film? had an interesting point on uh, about this on the, the notes about uh, how this relates to Reagan and yeah. politics. Yeah, I feel like this is like sort of like this movie kind of comes across as, as like um, like a warning for conservative hypocrisy. Like as the country was going to swing back to voting towards... To, for Reagan and like the 80 election and it's just like it's the whole thing it's it's presented as like everything's like sort of hip, hypocritical in a certain way like even at like the very beginning like the the first two teenagers that get killed like they're sitting around singing the camp songs but they're basically religious religious songs Christian yeah. camp songs yeah yep. Christian camp and then they immediately and then them. like 
then they walk away and start having like their premarital sex and then you know they're killed but it's also the sort of thing where like i'm pretty sure that like pamela Voorhees worked at the camp so she's mad at everybody else for letting her son die and I get it that, that the people were supposed to be like paying attention or something, but she was there too. Yes, so, so like, yeah, she was the cook. Yeah, right. And, and so like everything she does, it's like it's 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 her being angry at people or saying that like they've done something wrong. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like you're it's just any credibility, like any yeah. responsibility. And she's I'm like, just, man. And even just, like getting real oh, worried we're eventually going to get the Pamela Voorhees like prequel series from Ryan Murphy. I oh, that's that's a such don't, a nightmare. Like, <laughs> don't, don't. Somewhere in like a hole in the ground is this man just like and I will make it gay and awful and oh gosh no please why <laughs> like oh no <laughs> but there's other weird stuff in there and obviously they couldn't know it at the time but it's like sort of like a retroactive thing with like the Reaganism thing where it's like um where there's like a character they call crazy ralph and then there's a woman running around killing people because her son died so there's no mental health services which is like something that like reagan like completely obliterated and at the same time it's like really funny it's that like she's showing up to a camp to kill the counselors and and it's just like there's this weird kind of undertone where Annie at the beginning goes, yeah, it's just gonna be it's it's gonna be a bunch of like inner city kids. So it's like it's almost like this yeah. weird like conservative like no, we will not have programs for underprivileged children, not on my watch. Yeah, there's she that. also kills Annie's first, who was gonna be the cook. So that might be something to right. think about too. I definitely like these themes, especially in. Like Pamela Voorhees being the physical, like the human embodiment of the societal backlash to the free love movement of the 60s and 70s. <laughs> and also just being like, yeah, 1980s. That's when the old should start killing the young. <laughs> I just wanted to add to that on the like Reagan themes. The strip monopoly, just like the, is that the final stage of late stage capitalism where like, after you take all of everybody's money, you also take their dignity. Like that's <laughs> why why strip monopoly? Why not any other game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Strip oh, monopoly. Why not yeah, there, strip yeah. connect four? There is there is definitely a lot of like toxic capitalism running around this movie, especially with like that and like just Steve in general. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and monopoly 80s, is so long, everybody's so just much. end up ends up just like cold and half dressed, like. What is that about? Yeah, this is not a sexy game of strip hoger, of strip monopoly. And Alice is a shrewd player. That's probably what indicates her survival. Um, other right. than the fact that she's like <laughs> having none of it at the from the very get go. Yeah, because she's gonna because she's gonna guide her way through the Reagan years with her with her with her shrewdness and her own abilities and just just get through all the conservative awfulness. Wait, is Alice Hillary Clinton? Oh, oh gosh. My God. How does being the banker work? Do you have to buy properties <laughs> with clothes? I mean, you get everyone else's like, clothes. Yes, like, if I like get if your game. sock, can I then yeah. like buy a railroad with that sock? Like, I mean, like it's a completely different like from being a player. So like, would you have to trade out? Like, I only have my shirt, or I only have socks. I trade in my socks to get my shirt back, and like. 
it, it brings a whole new level that I'm kind of intrigued what is by. the equivalent of pass go and collect 200 in strip monopoly it's pretty great how much more you thought you back. put into this than they did while making the movie obviously <laughs> well I think it's just you know the fact that the the economy is you know made up yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Strip economy is based on a lie. <laughs> I just want strip risk. That's all I know. <laughs> Actually, sadly, they probably just had the, like a board game scene in the script, and somebody on set was like, "All right, who's got a board game in there?" Oh yeah. Tom Savini's and someone like, I got Monopoly. Monopoly, and they were like, "Good enough. Like, yeah, it'll work. We'll make it work." Yeah. Speaking of Tom Savini, I feel like he's the main thing worth. Uh, saving and loving about this movie the special effects on some of these grisly deaths are pretty good um, yeah especially for the time yeah. i mean he's yeah. the, i mean that's the whole reason why we even see jason come out of the lake because he was just like i can make a weird kid and, it, and they were just like <laughs> throw it on in i mean it doesn't like it doesn't even make sense in, in any way except for yeah. just to have that in did there. he make I the don't... kid himself or did he, uh, yeah, it took a long time. Yeah, he was planning this movie for a while. <laughs> this movie was like to come out in the 60s. For but... any movie, I made a couple no matter what kids, genre so. you're making, if Tom Savini <laughs> comes up to you and says, like, I can make a weird kid, like, just fucking let him. Just do it. Do Give it. He'll money. figure it out. He's going to let him do his thing. That's where that lamb movie came from. We're all the yeah. yeah. And why yeah. was he burnt? Like he looked burned. That was my question. Why yeah. is this kid all scabby if he's like a drowned victim? Oh, yeah, he's not Freddy Krueger. And also they had no lighting budget. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. I mean, also, I mean, there's no, I mean, there's a lot of weird logic behind it. But the, like the, the question is to whether I'm trying to figure the best way to phrase this is like, was Jason deformed or or had some sort of thing going on with him to begin with or is that just the movie does imply that because Pam has the line where he's like they knew he was and then trail dot 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 a poor swimmer right yeah he had like some kind of disability that he got bullied for i'm reading i'm seeing the movies afterwards kind of established like that jason might have yeah like and that's why, like, they yeah. never, I don't, I don't know if they've ever outright said in any of the movies. I mean, these are not the movies that, like, could handle those topics. Um, so, yeah, but no. it's definitely been implied in, like, the following movies afterwards, whenever they do show, like, little kid Jason in, you know, yeah. scenes or references or whatnot. Like, because little kid Jason shows up at the end of Jason Takes Manhattan. He also shows up in um, Freddy versus Jason. Like, so... It's nebulous, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I love Tom Savini talking about why they added Jason. And he said it was just because they had all seen Carrie and they liked how that ended with a jump scare at the end. So like, <laughs> let's do that. Yeah. They didn't even end it. Oh, yeah. oh, oh my God. They, it's like, I hate the scene in the mental, I hate the scene in the hospital so much. Yeah. That end that. Oh, that cliffhanger! That jumps yeah. the perfect ending. It was like, no, and no. do the classic like freeze frame there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right on the like the when the mm. boat's flipping over. Yep. You know that yeah. they wanted to because like they were doing that crazy filming shit with uh, Pamela Voorhees, where they had like the close up on her mouth and she and like <laughs> the slow motion with the beheading mm. and all oh that yeah. Stuff. I like how it's very clearly not the actress's hands in that scene <laughs> <laughs> oh i didn't pay attention to that that's hilarious yeah i think 
I think at the end of the day, like Friday, that first one is by no means like a well-made film. Like it's inspired by Halloween, or at least it's piggybacking off the success of Halloween. But Mm -hmm. Halloween is objectively like a good film for whether you like it or not. I think it's fair to say objectively, it's a good film. Friday, is it? Like it's got major plot holes. The acting's not that great. There's not a lot of character development for anybody. Like it just, and the twist kind of comes out of nowhere. But it's weirdly influential, which I find very fascinating. Like, you kind of No, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, like, I feel like how you said earlier, it's just like everyone saw it and they were like, I see what this could have been. I'm going to take that ideas and do it better or like do something different with it. And so, like, it was influential because it kind of fell short in so many places. I know I'm going to, like, people are stabbing me with their. No, I no, yeah, it's not good. I agree. I I feel like Friday is objectively like a not great movie, but it is an entertaining movie, if only like because of its legacy. Like because sorry. No, no, go ahead. It was definitely like a very successful movie uh, on a budget of five hundred and fifty thousand dollars, like less less than six hundred K, it made sixty million dollars. I will say that the film is successful in nineteen eighty. I mean, sixty yeah. million dollars in nineteen eighty money. Yeah. yeah, before Reagan ruined it. Yeah, <laughs> but I will. I will say that the one of the things that the film really does successfully is evoke that helplessness of and and the isolation of being in the camp. You know, they use the camp setting pretty well. Um, you know the the uh the guts of it really don't hold up. Like you don't really. The, the structure doesn't hold that up but at least they made the most of that setting and that like old ass camp um out in the middle of nowhere setting where you know there's no phone like yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah without crystal the- like you don't get like evil dead too you don't get tucker and dale versus evil yeah, yeah. I, I think the things that work about it are like like you said the setting like we said before the special effects and then the music like Yes. We yes. talked a lot about Halloween's theme. You know, it trades in the the pianos and synths from Halloween for strings, um, screechy strings and the sound um, yep. that <laughs> they make them so well known for. Um, but like, they also make a point of like, this movie has very little music and it only has music when like the killer is around when something is about to happen. So like, yeah. it immediately ramps it up. Like, um, they, they do a, a good job outside of the actual filming of the thing of, you know, ramping up tension on things. So, uh, guys, I have an important question here. Is Friday the 13th feminist? <laughs> no. Well, I wouldn't. Uh... No. I wouldn't say so. At, like... and, I mean, it does showing the warning of the evils of middle-aged white ladies? No, I, I would say no, because in any, like, for one, like I have to watch like girls get sexually harassed or assaulted at least three times, and then the, oh, only and time... the movie just kind of shrugs at those too. Oh, no, no, like, well, that's part that's of it. Fucking trucker. In my notes, yeah. like every five minutes, they're like, "Oh, are all the other counselors pretty like you?" I'm you like, "What a question!" Into the, into the and then she gives that uncomfortable chuckle, like, oh. "Yeah." Yeah, they kind of played it in a way where it's just like she's just so used to being sexually assaulted that she just laughs it off and is totally. I mean, this is like after you know growing up in an age where like we don't get into um, people's cars, we don't do this stuff anymore. Like it just, it was just so normal. 
And maybe yeah. it just normalizes the fact that like women were just expected to deal with that kind of crap and they don't even show that it's problematic. Um, and then even with the mother, like, yeah, she's the killer, but I'm sorry, that's not feminist. That's just saying that like yeah. this woman is so intensely a mother. She's so in her role that she becomes crazy about it. And then you like, I don't know if you guys get where I'm coming from. Yeah, I, I, I do. It's the hysterical woman. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. And then the device. woman who lives, like she only lives because she's like the idea of like, see, if you're just like this, then you won't die. Like, yeah. There is a slight, and I don't, I don't know if it was their intention or not, or there is a slight um, indication that Alice can like do a lot of the stuff by herself. Like there's the part in the beginning where she's like fixing the gutter on the one mm-hmm. building and Steve comes out and he's like, you need help with that. And it's like, I don't know that she did. I think he kind of just like inserted himself there and then watching her use that rope to kind of keep the door closed i mean again it's all negated by other things but there is almost like this underlying thing about how capable she is like it's almost like um a prototype of the uh the character from your next who is suddenly like yeah my my dad was like a survivalist so i can kill all these people as they try to get me but like it's not quite there but like it's almost there and the, but like i don't think they intended it so it gets kind of lost would you, you know? say yeah. Kev, that she is uh not like other girls on the topic of the the female villain though i feel like uh just to go back to that like this is not like I will defend to the death Claire Higgins as Julia in Hellraiser. Like, cause she is a oh, yeah. a woman who is a villain because she wants to fuck and like she is excited about seizing that stuff. Like she wants to do crazy sex shit and that turns her into a demon. And like she's going for, for her. Julia <laughs> is <laughs> empowering <laughs> in her yeah. villainy in a way that Pamela Voorhees definitely is not Mm -hmm. yeah pamela voorhees is kind of a letdown when it comes to the uh the defining the killer because of course you know the most of the movie is is built on the mystery of like who the fuck is killing these kids but i mean in that way that just putting any face to that is a little you know it's going to be risky in terms of you know how satisfying it's going to be so you put a hockey mask to it yeah exactly or like a inside out fucking kirk mask or whatever or no skin with the the women in this movie and it's hard for me to like divorce myself from like a contemporary view because i know that the, this movie again was uh made in a time where the um the hitchhiking trip gone wrong scenario as a horror scenario still had novelty yeah um you know and and uh women were just like in movies out of movies just everywhere were just harassed constantly um i mean growing up in the 90s it was the same damn shit like i remember people other girls getting pissed off at other girls for being harassed more because it meant that they got more you know like that kind of shit and and like um the movie does make a point especially with the chris or not or fucking steve christie can't remember his fucking name (laughs) um steve christie like giving her that weird like pet on the cheek and she's really not about it and she's like okay you know Um, their whole relationship where she's like i want to get the fuck out of this whole place and she's like give it a week yeah yeah i'll make you like it like no just get the there's a snake so in that weird. cabin. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like there, there's all of this, uh, 
all these dudes are so shitty and have like zero personality except for Ned, who is racist. Right. Um, yeah. I was just like, ah, oh, damn. Yeah. And also, <laughs> kind of like, and 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 like just a horrible sense of humor like almost shooting his part i don't know if there was this that was his girlfriend or what but like you know almost shooting the shit out of her with an arrow and yeah bad I was bad hoping, impressions like, i needed i really needed him to be like oh look at this i'm happen to be like an archery champion like you were never in any danger that doesn't happen he yeah. just fucking almost kills her as a joke yeah and he's yeah. like ha 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 but then, but a lot of the women in the movie actually have a lot more personality and agency in terms of like just their relationships. Like, um, I can't remember her name. The, the one that's not Alice and the one that's not dead. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I remember Annie and I remember Alice. Maggie. And I remember Ned because he sucks. But oh. Annie and Alice had personality and they had like things they wanted to do and they had motivation where the guy's motivation was to fuck that or just, just be annoying. Stereo- that's been the stereotype for a long time though with men and women it's like women are are home builders and they have personality but they always give it up to take care of their man and men are just like oh you can't expect much from them they just have one thing on their mind that's like a stereotype and it's just like everyone oh, yeah. played into it for so long that it's oh, like yeah. is it normal is that like what was this considered feels normal like, still considered normal or is it something to give them credit for you know what i mean this feels like yeah no that's a good point like- 80 like yeah, sorry. casual toxicity that like brings us like revenge of the nerds like so glad yeah. i haven't watched that film i don't feel like i'd enjoy it um, i don't think no. you would no. i i would not recommend anyone watch revenge of the nerds like yeah i watched, yeah. It, I watched it a ton like, as a kid and then like now i watch it i'm like oh no oh no yeah what was i doing well, and yeah. but that's the thing is that in this movie, the the um the girls actually have like I feel like their their whole interactions are a lot more interesting and have a lot more like personality. Like um the the girl doing the Catherine Hepburn impression that was actually good in the mirror and stuff. Like <laughs> I I felt like there was more than just like oh you even though someone straight up said oh you in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got you. But with the um, and the fact that what's her name like starts the strip poker or strip monopoly or whatever. Um, And Alice, while she does not fuck on camera, she does smoke grass on camera. I think she was drinking, too. Yeah. Yeah. Probably wasn't old enough for that shit, but (laughs) still survived. So, you know, there's that. I'm not saying that like. The, the 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 this particular depiction was like really f- definitely not feminist um on purpose or p- trying to be feminist or whatever i just thought that it was a, a refreshing difference from cer- like other very tropey horror movies that have yeah. these these girl characters that are like ah that are just like screaming at the snake mm-hmm. as opposed to you know girls that are um uh you know quoting movies and talking about where they want to be and where they want to go in life no so yeah i think i think for me like the mom being the killer at the ending is shocking when i considered like the time period and like the other horror movies but shocking doesn't necessarily equal progressive by any means like having a female villain doesn't necessarily make your movie feminist in any way like having yeah. female characters do bad or shitty things just because male characters can also do bad and shitty things doesn't necessarily mean your film or piece of media is progressive or feminist in any yeah. meaningful structural changing way. 
If so, anything, yeah, it's nice to see that they acknowledge that. Yeah, it's, I mean, more than men kill. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Stop like, it really, it, I'm giving women a pass because they can be just as cruel and evil. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's shocking in the sense that, like, the movie came out in 1981 and all the other slasher films beforehand had been dude killers, like, cis male killers. But mm, I don't think, I think it was less of, like, let's make it a woman to really make a statement and more of like, let's make a woman because that'll really, that'll really shock people. Cause you haven't yeah. been a killer at all. And you've been in their point of view, the entire movie, like, obviously your mind just goes because of, you know, heteronormative structures. Like your mind just going to, is going to assume that it's a cis male, like doing the killing. So I can, I kind of appreciate that a white woman, like a white woman actually did the, like the, the actual murders in this, as opposed to like weaponizing her, like, white female privilege to have someone else do it like she was just like mm. uh-uh. i'm taking it into my own hands i'm, I'm marking these kids like she was she's like yeah. we got business to do she's so like, yeah. really themselves we know this movie isn't feminist but perhaps the more pressing debate is pamela Voorhees a girl boss <laughs> oh my god oh no love it um, so that's what the book was based off of i get it now so how do you feel like, how do you guys feel like this movie handled race bad um, not, not great from what, uh, what i can remember normally my attitude is like well it was entirely white people but at least it wasn't actively harmful this can't say that for this movie people and Can't-ful. actively harmful Right. I was just like, wow, what? Why is this even here? It did not need to even be written in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, maybe is this a commentary on like summer camps for (laughs) white people and their propensity for appropriating native uh, customs and cultures? Or is it just just a lot of racism? Yeah. If anything, they're just like, oh, this is what all camps are like. So this is what we will do, too. It yeah. feels like yeah. more likely. It feels yeah. like the truck driver um with what was her name? Um with Annie, Annie. in that is like we are going to give you something toxic and terrible that is emblematic of the culture, but we are not like acknowledging it or analyzing it. We're just being part of this terrible culture. Yep. And we're not even thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's like, a nice harasser, man. <laughs> Perhaps I was her expecting ass. him to like go even like I know he like makes the full two hand to push her up and I was like the whole time I'm just like oh my god what is going to happen to this girl like I really don't want to see sexual assault I really don't want to see a rape scene I really don't want to see any of that and then when mm-hmm. it didn't happen I was just like now I'm kind of confused because like why are you doing all so casual yeah it's like so casual it's like why are you even add all that if it wasn't going to lead to an I don't know it was just for nothing i was just like this a lot of scenes just felt for nothing other than to prove just how oblivious everyone is and ready to yeah. be like stabbed <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah yeah there's a lot of a lot of things happen on accident i think a lot of the, the talking points that we have here definitely like the the reaganomics and everything like i think a lot of that especially the strip monopoly you know mm. it, it in retrospect it was it's you know kind of interesting thematically it brings things together but then you know i don't think it was intended oh no, no yeah no. i mean no. I, I think it's you know it's in the same headspace as you know this movie when people are making it so it, it all kinds of bleeds together um what what they don't bleed together at all is uh how do you guys feel like this handles lgbt issues it's aggressively hetero 
Oh gosh, yeah. That's what so... LGBT? Yeah, yeah. it's I, so I feel straight. Like the most so you can possibly be is like the yeah. girls seem into playing strip monopoly with each other. Like, yeah, yeah. maybe we can read real far into that. Uh, I don't do no. yoga, so I can't stretch that far. So I yeah. got so, I got nothing for this topic. Nope, there's nothing. Yeah. There's yeah. not a goddamn thing like for me maybe the jean shorts yeah like, <laughs> again that's just the 80s that is, exactly it's also just the 80s so accidentally gay accidentally queer yeah i can say i was kind of surprised that and i mean maybe this just is just a representation of like like nah, an example of just how like what i've been exposed to in life growing up but it was like i was kind of surprised to see just how like equally enthusiastic the teenage girls were with their guy pals like it wasn't just the guys like oh yeah for it and then harassing like the only harassment i remember is like you know the kiss that was kind of, but they played it off as a joke and then with the old man with her but like yeah. otherwise whenever like a guy was hitting on a girl she was equally hitting on him back like it was enthusiastic, yeah okay which was, was refreshing i do want to talk yeah. about the drowning kiss like slash sexual assault um not that not the sexual assault part namely just when these counselors thought there was a drowning person fucking they sprang into action they were on top yeah. of it yeah i mean no we've been yeah. trashing them but watch like they head, were on top head. of their shit they received yep. no lifeguard training and yet they were fucking ready to go except for the one girl that went to go get the life preserver and took a fucking half an hour to do it <laughs> <laughs> by the time she got there guy had already been rescued this is like oh let's toss it and no you don't need it okay never mind yeah I will say in oh sorry go ahead oh no I'm sorry go ahead (laughs) I will say in a weird way I find the original Friday Thirteenth like I guess less misogynistic than the newer one the the reboot wool that they made in two thousand nine like that one it's definitely a sleeker film like it's definitely better made you know it has a budget like it has decent actors like Daniel Plana Baker's in it um Jerry Padalecki's in it. Um, they kind of rewrite the lore. It's kind of a, both a sequel and a restart to the franchise, to the original movie. Mm-hmm. But the, the sexual violence in that film is, is it's, it's a little much. Like, it makes the movie unenjoyable to a certain point. Like, just seeing a lot of naked women while they're being murdered is a lot. And yeah. it's much more graphic, um, which yeah. isn't, I guess, too surprising because it's, you know, made in the 2000s, the, mm-hmm. the, so the reboot the, came out yeah, in 2019. The, it's the the post-torture porn, like, that's yeah. what yeah. horror movies are garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the post-hostile. Yeah. yeah. And the 13th. Even the, the sex scene in the film is, like, aggressively male gazy, uh, like, which is just gross. also uncomfortable. Um, so, it's, it's interesting. Like, there's a specific scene that I, I don't want to go into, um, but that really just made me like ill well at least i know not to watch, watch all these in the now. in the new one yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's really bad it's almost yeah, a shame I it's recommend- the last like, one yeah. i made yeah <laughs> well hopefully friday the 13th what- the 13th is yeah. uh, uh, sorry i just i was gonna do a real throwaway joke here <laughs> Um, and that's the problem. They've rebooted it too many times that now they can't do a 13th one and just call it like Friday 13th. Well, no, that's this. That's what they do is that they they also combine it with Friday and then it's the sequel to Friday. Oh, <laughs> I am in. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Now you won't get murdered on your day off. Yes, this oh, is the God. crossover that I need. Well, I mean, every time we ha- like from the first time we all shortened it to Friday rather than Friday the thirteenth, I legitimately was just like, oh, Friday. Friday. Yeah. <laughs> and so now I'm just like, no, 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 get out of here, Smokey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna think about a good movie. Yeah, that's what is that? Jason takes LA. I I don't know if I'd. I was like, I'd watch it, and I was just like, uh, I I feel like they would go in very in directions I would not want to see. I want to see Jason and Debo go at it. <laughs> oh right. boy, that that would be something. Uh, yeah. Also, this movie has nothing to say about class, uh, other than I guess what we've already discussed that uh, Steve Christie is sort of a the worst yeah the shitty dude with yeah the, the the rich kid who's i in like they they get in there that uh pamela Voorhees worked for his family yeah so it's like oh that's a unnecessary <laughs> twist in here but okay that's cool like yeah, yeah the whole thing is just about like you know it's 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 the whim of some dude who's got the money but doesn't want to do the work and then uh, he's the worst i hate him he, <laughs> he does get dead though all day yeah. Like, I just recruited my army of untrained teenagers to do the work while I fuck off in a diner all day. Yeah. 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 Oh, and then not only that, oh, the one thing I was thinking about was the, you know, he's the he's the rich guy who's not doing the work and being awful to his employees. And then like the one thing he's supposed to do, he doesn't do. And then he needs a government bailout because that cop has to try and drive him back to the to the <laughs> camp. Like, come on, Jeez. man. Come on. <laughs> It was just a lot. I feel like there was a lot of half-assed things, not half-assed, but like a lot of things that could have been developed further and like it harder and they all just kind of fizzle out. Um, I feel like, but then again, I also don't know like how much of this movie, like how much credit, like what I'm trying to say, like how much of the things that we're talking about are we trying to see and how much was like actually intended to be in there and like it's just like kind of like a eh, movie do you know what i mean almost, almost all of it because yeah. this yeah, whole okay. thing was like they, they, <laughs> they had like come up with the idea for like okay it's gonna say friday the 13th and it's gonna smash through glass before they had written any yep. it's gonna, gonna be his like, birthday <laughs> and that's why she's yeah, killing they them ever actually established that this movie takes place on a friday or the 13th yes. yeah she says yeah. it she's like it's friday the 13th was his birthday and I think that is the day that this is all happening, and I'm and gonna it's also a full moon. moon. And it's a full like moon, it. yeah. <laughs> a lot of bad things happen on the full moon, is what the cops Oh my says. goodness. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The I don't even think the original name was supposed to be Friday the Thirteenth. I think it was supposed to be called like uh, a long night at Camp Blood was the original oh name God. for the first movie. So I think a lot of the long title. Sense. I think long right. Title. Um, I think like the actual intention with the movie was just to make a kind killer of, movie. <laughs> like a, a simpler more straightforward halloween like and just yeah. gonna bank off of essentially what was going to become a, a major trend um because friday did well and then like the sequels did well like and it had a sequel pretty soon after the first a one. year like yeah by the next year that was already yeah whereas oh. halloween didn't have its first sequel until i want to say like 81 82 even though the first one came out in like 78 so yeah. Yeah, they didn't plan on having a sequel. In fact, John Carpenter was has been very candid about the fact that he was like, "Yeah, I only really like Halloween was supposed to end at the end of Halloween one, and then mm-hmm. they were that's... like, hey, 'Hey, we'll give you a lot of money to write a second oh, one.'" I think that's why, like, right. that's why when they did the newest one, they kind of like retcon the fact that anything after the first one happened because they even make that joke because like the second ones where they established like 
the link that like Lori is supposed to be his sister and mm-hmm. in the new one they're like I heard that it's his, I heard that like he's her brother and someone's like nope some idiot said that like they immediately <laughs> just like discredit that that oh, makes wow. me want to see the new one oh it's great I, love I, it. I really do like the new <laughs> yeah. one mm-hmm. yeah but going back to what we're saying it's sort of interesting we're talking about like how you know this movie gets a lot of credit and it's a lot of the things from it are the tropes. And I think it's just because it's so early and and as coming Mm -hmm. from someone who loves the series, because I, I kind of find it funny, you know what I mean? But like, I think because it was such an early entry into like the slasher genre, it became a blueprint to a certain degree. And it's going to get this credit and sort of like, you know, everything that we know about it just because it was earlier on you know mm-hmm. people have done it better you know there's been yeah. a lot more thought put into it people have done it worse too but i mean just because it's early it's going to always have that kind of place and they can only do so much being the first of its kind and, mm-hmm. and yeah, like right. that and i uh, i mean that's kind of how i personally feel about like something like prepare myself star trek <laughs> like i love the original series but it's not my favorite mm-hmm. because yeah. like i definitely feel like other series did it better oh yeah 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 100 appreciate what they did yeah no All i, about I that lower just... decks oh yeah <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait to, watch that. So it's okay. to get like real lit nerd like i i hate frankenstein i hate the book i hate the novel <laughs> oh. so much oh, they're coming for you so good, don't come for me i'm not on twitter <laughs> i don't do okay. twitter anymore <laughs> i can hear my wife running you were the uncancelable <laughs> like yeah i so it's but you know you have to give respect to like some of those like old like ogs that like i guess kind of built the genre up like I think yeah. for Halloween, for not Halloween, um, for Friday, it came at just the right time. Like it was kind of lucky timing mm-hmm. because there were slasher films before that. Like there were two big franchise films before that, which were Halloween and uh, Texas Chainsaw. But they mm-hmm. didn't have, they didn't seem to draw in the same kind of feverish audience yeah. and like kickstart the trend. They were almost too early, like to really kickstart the trend. And I think. Well, not Chainsaw. I think Chainsaw's a really boring movie, but Halloween is a genuinely good movie. And yeah. like, you can't really replicate Halloween, but you can yeah. really easily replicate the stuff that happens in Friday. Like, yeah. cause it is, it's just a simpler, more straightforward film Yeah, that does yeah. Some, things, some new things, like putting you in the point of view of the killer. It does have like that really killer, like musical hook to it. Yeah. Um, you know, it does have like that really good jump scare at the end, but everything else is pretty replicable like you yeah. pretty much replicate and and it has been like over and over and over again like you now and I think that's why it became comedy so much more easier than like Halloween did I think Halloween fans are much less forgiving like yeah. to the way the franchise went than Friday fans like I unashamedly love Jason X because it's ridiculous but I also expect the Friday films to be pretty ridiculous like because most of them are yeah like, uh, I would I- argue that the franchises ever been like good <laughs> no i i and again for coming from a person who's also a, a huge fan of the franchise i agree with that assessment like so much like <laughs> that's what it, i was saying earlier like why i think the sixth one is my favorite one is because the sixth one's more intentionally funny than any of the other ones and because they kind of knew what they were doing with it and it was tongue-in-cheek without it being like a parody of itself it's Mm -hmm. almost like the most well-made to a degree of that but 
I mean, you know, you got the first and you get the second one where it's like still kind of like out there and like he doesn't have the mask, you know, and that happens in the third one. But like it's still it's just it's so weird. And then the fourth one finally gets all of the elements together that we think of of the franchise. So it's almost like the same argument I have when pe- all right, people are going to I'm going to get yelled at for this, but like I'll protect you. I don't I don't like Seinfeld the show like i don't it never oh, don't connect. worry about that okay, one okay all right people always yell at me for that one yes like, i say i know okay sorry. i've never watched um, i was born in 92 i don't care right so i <laughs> i like at some point last year i was like okay maybe i'll try and give it a go and see what i'm missing while people always tell me it's great and i'm watching i'm like I'm sitting there in like the middle of the third season i'm like this show does nothing for me and it's there's always that <laughs> But there's the people who are like, yeah, Seinfeld doesn't get good till season three or four. I'm like, well, then how was it still on the air? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but that's what's so interesting about this one. It's like the identity of what we what most people think about of a Friday the 13th movie isn't like the fourth one, really, with Uh, all of the elements. And then after that, it just starts to kind of get weirder and fall apart in its own (laughs) weird way. What is the first movie where we actually get? The killer is Jason, and he is wearing a hockey mask and killing people with a machete. The third one. I wanna, yeah, I want to say the third, third or fourth. Yeah. It t- yeah, it's like it's like partway through the third one, he gets the mask off. Yeah, because second one, he's just wearing like a hate it's, like it's, it's like, like a burlap sack. Potato sack bag. It's like, like, yeah. a sack. Bag. like a burlap it's bag. Not as good as the hockey mask. No. No. no, no, no. Yeah, I mean both both Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street, like Freddie and Michael, come out fully formed. They're like. Mm-hmm. there from the beginning there's not there's not a weird nightmare on elm street where he doesn't have a claw hand or something yeah like, you know, both of those both of those trying to walk it back that? like nightmare two and halloween three are both attempts to try and mix it up a little bit that don't quite work but the people Season love of the witch. So, yeah, so friday the 13th starts with the mom and then has like a faceless zygote and then we see a fully hockey formed <laughs> hockey yeah. mask guy. They, yep. kind so, of, they kind of fall. built the lore as they went along. Because mm-hmm. I really think that like they didn't think that this was going to be a thing. Like it wasn't. So a lot of stuff wasn't intentional. Like because I really think that they were just like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's kind of like a riff off of Halloween. Like it's yeah, just, it was just a cash grab for the second one. Fan fix can make it, y'all. Like, yeah, yeah, this is just <laughs> <really> <laughs> Like Friday's just the Fifty Shades of Halloween's Twilight. My identity is ruined. <laughs> it fits. You can oh my God. This, this, this logic I will, is unsilable. I'll embrace it. It fits. I'm embracing it. I was yeah. gonna say that forever ago. I was like, I'm not getting killed today. Alex <laughs> is actually on Twitter. I am no not fear from Desiree. Oof. This episode I'm on Twitter. Shades of Halloween. Ooh, <laughs> and like yeah, if like if people give a shit enough about my Twitter to like yell at me, then that's I know I'm you know knock on wood, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I'd get more followers. Maybe more people see shit. So guys, uh, is this movie worth seeing? Do we recommend people watch Friday the Thirteenth? Just yeah. start with the third one. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Like, start with the ones that are like more iconic, and then like if you want to like pay respect, you know, then go back and be like, all right, let's get a nod to Mama. You know, where the Mama beginning. Voice. <laughs> um, you know, Mama Voice. She deserves some respect. You know, she was the start of it all. Quite literally, she birthed him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, 
I guess maybe check it out if you watch Scream and it's like, I want to see the movie that Drew Barrymore gets the wrong like answer of the trivia question on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, I was actually, I was actually part gonna, of like a must watch, but yeah. but it's not homework. Really, it, yeah, but like you know, mm-hmm. it's just like you you probably have already seen like the things that do it but better at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. You already it's, know what's gonna happen. There's no need to actually watch it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like it's kind of like watching the Red Shoes, where like if you want to see a movie that's like a piece of cinema history right. and that interests you, you like go ahead and, and watch it. Like it's worth yeah. the ninety minutes if you are like actually interested in like slasher history, horror movie history, and things like that. I think there's value in watching it in that way. If you mm-hmm. want something for like pure entertainment value, yeah, watch. There's plenty of other Friday movies that are more entertaining mm-hmm. um, that you'll recognize more, like because the the actual lore has been built by that point. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Friday's not. You know, you could probably find the ending with Mama Voorhees on YouTube. If no, you really yeah. want to see watch, the twist. Watch the first 10 minutes of Friday the 13th part two, where they recap all of what <laughs> just happened go. in the previous right. movie really succinctly. Like they do a good job. Like I because I watched that and I was like, wait, when does he pick up all the stuff like from his mom, his mom's head and stuff? So I watched like the first like 10 minutes. I was like, Oh, this is literally just shots from the previous movie. Okay, oh cool. God. I know. Yeah, like I'd recommend. <laughs> my dad I guess, like, the first one. I say I'd recommend if you want to check out the movie, I recommend going to YouTube and trying to find Friday the Thirteenth All Kills Supercut. Damn. <laughs> there you Damn. go. Yeah. Does that exist? I, I, is that a thing? I, I haven't I'm checked sure. it. Sure it is. should be one hundred. There's like probably five of them. I actually yeah. what uh, one time uh they there was a, a theatrical re-release of the first nightmare on elm street movie and like one of the selling points was like and then after the movie all of the kills from the rest of the movie cut <laughs> together and like my oh, friend wow. and i went we were like oh cool and then about like five minutes and we're like uh we're gonna go this is just this is just getting weird yeah <laughs> um <laughs> as far as watching this one goes like yeah i have to say it's like it is part of if you want to get into the whole film history thing of it it's i think the best excuse to do it is if you're one of the people who's like around halloween it's like i'm gonna watch a horror movie mm-hmm. every day in october that's a really good excuse to do it but and and you know like i said like as a fan of the series like you know if you don't want to be i i i wouldn't be mad at somebody for saying nah i went right to four you know what i mean like just do right. it you know for people who uh, enjoyed Friday the 13th, want, want something uh, additional or maybe better to watch? Uh, yeah, Halloween. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, that's uh, if, funny enough. I, I feel like this would almost be a recommendation more for if you liked Halloween, but I always want to recommend The Guest. If, anyone's mm. if you want another movie that's in that same, like, I need is a crazy ass trash bag where dumb people die in really entertaining ways. Definitely check out Prometheus. If you want another another movie that is not good, but is entertaining as fuck. I love Prometheus. And and the reveal, the the question, the answer of the question is a lot, is like super lame and we never asked for it. Yeah. And I still love. I've still watched it like six times. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, that that to... th- oh that really is like what would happen if if a Friday the Thirteenth took place in the aliens. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd have to say I like the um, and now I'm gonna sound stupid, but um, you guys might know, but um, if you want the same like setting but done 
a bit more entertainingly, but it's also a TV show, The American Horror Story um, one, didn't they? Do oh, they a, did a camp one. Yeah. I didn't know how I would like it the first few episodes. I was like, oh, all right. But then I was like, oh, okay. And I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I've been meaning to watch American Horror Story. I just haven't had it again. It's the it's commitment. Pretty I'm pretty. I'm pretty ugh about things. I feel like those are the two responses to any Ryan Murphy show. <laughs> All right. I and, hate ooh, okay. that man. <laughs> oh, I would. Okay. I would fight him for free. And this is <laughs> someone that was like an avid Glee fan. Those first three seasons. We don't talk about Glee. All right. Like, like I <laughs> that man. If I saw him on the streets. Oof. Um, I would say if you're kind of looking for something that plays around with like the, a lot of the tropes that are established by Friday. Um, your next is a good one. Like, cause that really kind of subverts the final girl trope in a really, in like really fun ways. Um, and it has a really killer, like synth soundtrack that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, I would check out final girls, which is, it actually has one of the actresses from American horror story. Yes. Um, the one with like the yes. pin straight hair. I don't know names. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's a satire. It's, not as funny as it could be, but it's still a really entertaining watch. It's only like an hour and 30 minutes, so it's not really long. It's not a huge commitment. Um, and of Friday the 13th as well. And it's got Adam yeah. Devine in it. So Yeah. Um, and then the Fear Street 1978 film, the second one in the trilogy. It takes place at a camp. It's clearly heavily inspired by Friday. Um, and I feel like if you watch any of the Friday films, especially the earlier ones, and you go and you watch those movies, you almost get more out of those later movies because they are so clearly inspired by what Friday did. Um, and I always enjoy them because I, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to see all the little Easter eggs that people can kind of put in there. So, and how like the tropes have been so uh, revised and kind of revolutionized, you know, to fit more modern sensibilities. It's really cool to kind of see that contrast between where the tropes started in Friday and then where the mm-hmm. tropes have kind of ended up now in our modern day pop culture. So oh, those three movies nice. I would recommend. Uh, those are, those nice. are great recommendations. Those are great recommendations. <laughs> yeah, you were all in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on that note I with the camp it. thing, I think um, Wet Hot American Summer is the way to go um, oh, because yeah. that's a, that's that's yeah. funny and takes place at a camp just like yeah. the Friday the 13th yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah, so my, my recommendation for this is going to be based entirely on how stupid this movie is. Uh, because and I feel like Emily and Ben are going to know what I'm going to recommend because I've been talking about it all week which is like last week I came home uh, late and turned on HBO a home box office maximum and um, (laughs) I I know where this is going and I love it already and the movie Malignant had just shown up and I was like that's James Wan I don't know anything about this movie but let me watch this movie that movie is audaciously stupid like, I haven't watched it, is, it yet. It's in my queue. Oh it's it's oh, so God. I love how divisive it is. Yeah, it's it's so dumb. The I'm watching it on Saturday. Movie, I'm very excited. The first hour of this movie, I was ready to turn it off every five minutes. And I was just like, oh, this is like another crap PG 13 horror movie. James Wan has done all of this stuff before. He's better than this, I feel like. And then it's the it, it like you're gonna know what the twist is. But yeah. the way that it does the twist is insane. It's and, yeah, yeah. I, it's, and, it's, and it's a point where it's I watched it. And I was like, like literally, as I'm watching it happen, I was like, oh no, that's <laughs> that's not what they're doing, is it? Oh no, oh this movie just got amazing. Yeah, yeah. Watching it, I was <laughs> like, 
I, he's is I agree with him 100%. And it's just like, oh, there's a lot of really cool, interesting visual stuff if you like like giallo movies and like you know stuff like that oh that's cool but yeah again it's like this movie's predictable and people are doing things and you're like why are they doing them and then it just gets so insane that it like shifts genres like the third of the like two-thirds of the way through the movie and you're just like sure why not like if you're gonna if you're gonna do this go all out yeah there is this moment where it makes this like 180 turn from being like (laughs) boogeyman and like every other like semi-supernatural something in the house movie to being just this absolute banana pants thing that it is um and yeah i i can't recommend it enough some of you will <laughs> definitely hate it um, oh, um, i love it i, I love can't wait like i can't wait it. It. I'm all, I was on board at banana pants. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's how I felt about um, Motorhome Massacre. That is such a, I don't even know if anyone has seen it, but like I picked, I was a kid. We picked it up when just for, for no reason, it's like a C tier movie and we watch it and it does all the tropes and it's just aware enough to be hilarious. But now it's like one of those movies that like every time I put it on, I, I have to like make people aware of like the stupid things. Like, I don't know. Has anyone ever even seen it? <laughs> I haven't. No, I don't oh. think so. Give it, no. a, give it a watch. See what you think. Probably won't even be findable, honestly. But it's <laughs> stupid. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, *Malignant* is the the sort of movie that only James Wan could have made because only he would be able to get enough money to make that movie <laughs> that way. Um, oh so yeah, it's it's incredible. I've I've watched the weirdest strain of movies because I watched that and I've recently watched the Giallo movie *Demons* um which is that movie, like the movie rules it's like freddy the 13th <laughs> and the people die for no reason and at any time and there's no real pace or plot to it uh <laughs> that it has an ending but at the end you're just like what right. okay i guess it's over <laughs> yeah Check demons is literally a movie where at some point you think everything's about to end and a helicopter just falls through the roof of the building <laughs> okay yeah i'm thinking the same movie i'm like is this the one with the theater and the yeah 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 okay wild movie um all right anybody else have any uh, anything else they want to recommend or anything they want to get off their chest about friday the 13th um i mean watch the other friday the 13th movies um watch friday watch (laughs) freaky yeah watch freaky friday but there's a there's the newer slasher um that we covered a while back um called freaky which is where the the final girl switches bodies with the slasher and um i think it does a really great job of of subverting tropes and being really entertaining and dumb also you know go see friday starring ice cube and chris tucker yeah 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 Mm -hmm. and then you know start thinking about pitching that friday the 13th the 13th <laughs> that movie um, is not feminist either <clears throat> yeah i mean yeah go out on a limb on that one yeah don't ex- don't be expecting a lot of like you know huge steps i mean the, the freaky does some things interestingly and I, I appreciate that but again i will say know. my favorite part in straight out of compton is when they show ice cube writing friday and they just get to like bye felicia you did it again, Cube. <laughs> All right. um, so I'm, many I'm, people know that line and don't know where it's from. No idea. Oh, where they, they come, yeah, they don't. They don't know where Felicia's from. Um, the, anyway, who she is or what? 
anyway. <laughs> or why they're saying bye to her. Um, anyway, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Uh, rather than have everybody list off their stuff, we're just going to put it in the show notes so where you can find everybody and all their work. People are all doing amazing things on this uh, podcast, so definitely go check them out. I do want to thank all of you all for joining us. This has been uh, Ball. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be back. Good to be on a show yeah. with all of you because I don't think I was on the last one with all of you. Yes, this yeah. was. So. It's wonderful to see y'all again. And Kev, thank you for coming on and joining us for the first time. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah I would yeah, not have had nearly sure. as much to say about this movie if it weren't for all of you guys. Yeah, I, I, hope, <laughs> I hope y'all had a fun time. We have had an absolute blast hosting you. It's always good to be. Absolutely, yeah, and you. thanks again to everybody listening for joining us. And until next time, stay horrified. Progressively Horrified is created and produced by Jeremy Whitley. This episode features Jeremy Whitley, Ben Kahn, Emily Martin, Kevin Kettner, Alexis Sanchez, Desiree Rodriguez, and Brie Indigo. All opinions expressed by the commentators are solely their own, not intended to represent the intent or opinion of the filmmakers, nor do they represent any of the employers, institutions, or publishers of the commentators. Our theme music is Epic Darkness by Mario Cole 06 and was provided royalty-free from Pixabay. Support us on Patreon or contact us on Twitter at ProgHorrorPod or by email at ProgressivelyHorrified at gmail.com.